Hey there, my name is Lexi, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Lex Chat. This week on the Lex Chat, we're going to be talking about the evolution of artists and how important it is to, you don't necessarily have to plan out to the T every single milestone you're going to have, but we're going to be talking about how important it is to have an idea and a plan of how you want to grow as an artist. So if that's a topic that you're interested in hearing more about and getting involved in the chat on, then stay tuned. So the past couple of weeks, I hadn't given myself the luxury of taking a break or just relaxing, really. I've been uh, running around. I've been working a lot. And again, I've talked about this before on the Lex chat, but I have this fear of not having enough money or not being able to provide for myself. So that causes me to overwork and become a bit of a workaholic. And especially with the nature of being an audio engineer, you never really know where your next, it's never predictable. It's not always predictable when your next session is gonna come in. So you gotta kinda, especially if you haven't met your quota for the month, you have to kind of take everything that comes as it comes your way. Unless you are absolutely tired, then you should absolutely take a break. But for me, um, I want the money, obviously, and I want to hit my quota. But it's more so I just really love working with the people that I've been working with the past couple of weeks. And we've just been creating some amazing things. And I'm really, really excited about that. And the only thing that's been challenging about it has been the weird hours that we've been in the studio creating the music. That's the only thing that's really been throwing me off. And even though I've been even though I've been sleeping in and making sure that I'm catching up on at least 6 hours of sleep, I think because I'm so exposed to the computer screen and I think because I'm on my phone so much it's really just like caused a kind of brain fog the past couple of weeks where I don't feel very rested and I feel like my eyes are hurting all the time and there's like bags under my eyes all the time and it's just it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. Um, it makes me feel not very pretty and it makes me feel like I'm not taking care of myself to not have a set schedule. Sometimes I really do like the routine of getting up at a certain time, going to the gym, come back, eat breakfast, clean up the house a little bit, and then go do stuff in the studio or for myself. And I just haven't been doing stuff for myself in a couple of weeks. And it's kind of been taking a toll on me. So, and that's kind of a great segue into, you know, it's high time, it's way past time that I do for myself because I have spent so many years doing for other people. And I had a phone conversation with someone the other day who may be able to change my life for the better. And it was just like, you know, I know your type because you're kind of like me. You've been doing everything for everyone for so long and you haven't been doing enough for yourself. It's time for you to be selfish. It's time for you to do for you. It's time for you to do for Lexi. And that 
she's absolutely right. She is absolutely right. And um, yeah, just it's it's put me in a certain mood. We have another phone conference tonight, but it's put me in a certain vibe of you know what is that going to look like me putting myself before everyone else because I thought that's what I've been doing as far as the sacrifices that I've had to make to be able to be quote unquote successful in this field in this industry a lot of sacrifice I've I feel like I've made has been not going to visit family not really talking to people not going out to events, not really living my life. So I've sacrificed time, I've sacrificed quality time with people, and I've sacrificed connection with certain people in the interest of building connection with other people who are not necessarily related to me or who I would consider friends, but who would be able to elevate me to a certain position that I say that I want within music, you know? So. I feel like I've sacrificed a lot and I'm pushing up on the nine year mark that I've been in Atlanta. And the goal was to pop goal. The goal is for me to blow. Part of my plan was to help myself by helping others behind the scenes. But now it's time to step from behind the scenes and it's time to not play small and it's time to if somebody don't believe how dope I am, fuck those people. And I don't have to be arrogant or rude about it, but I'm not gonna shy away from letting people know I really do this or I'm really good at this or even I'm better than you in the most respectful way possible. Cause I truly believe that I'm better than a lot of people. I do a lot more than a lot of people and I produce more as one woman by, I produce more as one woman than a lot of other people. So, and I've spent the past nine years, the past eight years building up a bunch of skills and developing myself in a way that I felt I needed to grow to be successful in the things that I say I want to be successful in. So yeah, it's definitely time to stop playing small and to present myself a certain way from this conversation. She pointed out things that I had always been saying about myself, but honestly, I've been fearful of the finance part again. Um, like things like getting my teeth straightened. They don't look too, too obvious when I'm just like speaking regularly or when I'm smiling regularly, but I have an overbite, my teeth are crooked. Over the years, my bottom row has shifted. The top row has been crooked, but it's gotten worse since being an adult. And there are just certain things that I'm gonna have to do to be presented better as an artist and decrease the likelihood of people making fun of me for certain things. Even though I've already made fun of myself for things like my teeth or, you know, I might hide it. That's something that it is correctable. I just gotta put the money on. Personal trainer, even though I am a certified personal trainer, I didn't let this person know that. And then vocal lessons, I might have to get back into vocal lessons. And um, I'm not sure what else. It would be, it'll be exciting to see 
what someone else can do for me. I, I feel like I've done a lot for myself, but also within the same token, I haven't done enough for myself because I've been so busy building everybody else up and being a part of everyone else's team. And but feeling like I don't have a lot of people on my own team, you know. So it's been uh, past couple of days. I've been contemplating some things before the next meeting with this person. And yeah, she's absolutely right about some things and things that I've been telling myself as well. But now hearing that confirmation, it's interesting because it's also a fact of I get tired of writing some of my best music for people who don't have better voices than me people who i know are not going to sing it the way that i sang it and so part of me speaking up for myself more you know i told a producer of this one song what if i have it because in my eyes it's a classic and who's going to perform it like me the people that you're listing that you want to shop it to i'm not too convinced that their voice in my opinion would match sure it would be a major placement but why are we chasing placements at some point because the songs that i've written they have not been getting placed and i feel like i heard stories of lady gaga kind of going through the same thing where she would be writing these songs but nobody would quite be able to pull it off the way she would or her stuff would not be selected so it got to the point where she just had to sing it herself and do it herself and I've been on Team Lexi for a long time, but when you bring in, when it came to working with other people and trying to have an understanding that the purpose of us working together is to shop things, I, like they never really considered giving me some of those tracks, even though that was initially like an agreement, right? Or an understanding. You do some things that we can shop and then you can keep some things for yourself, but whatever, it is what it is, I guess. I guess it don't matter how much shit I wrote because stuff didn't get placed. But now it's like, you know, let me keep those things then. Because I didn't like who y'all were trying to place them with anyway. Because I sound better. I have a stronger performance. But yeah, it's just, it's time to stop playing small. Um, I don't know if y'all know, but I think the latest... No, the latest thing that I've released now, as far as music, is this is personal. This ish is personal. I forget exactly what the project is called, but one of my clients and friends, El Cardi, just released a project, an album. It's called This Ish Is Personal. And I'm featured on a few of them joints. We got Hopeless Romantic. We got Ghetto Cinderella. Helpless Romantic, Hopeless Romantic is me and El Cardi. Ghetto Cinderella is me, El Cardi, and Dante. And then there's Flickin' Red Lights with me and Cardi. Really excited. Um, I wonder if he put Ooh Ah Sounds on there. So that's me and Cardi. That's four songs. So check it out. I'm gonna definitely be posting links to that album and posting different content with uh, you know, stuff from that album. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, remember that the song I did with Issa, the rapper, called Toxic Love, Jacquees' vocals are tucked up under there because they were trying to decide if they wanted to keep me on the hook or use the bigger name of Jacquees on the hook for the song Toxic Love. They decided to go with me because my performance was the stronger performance. So 
but technically I have a song with Jacquees <laughs> and Issa. So the song is called Toxic Love and Issa's name is spelled I-S-S-A. And his project is called Here Comes the Light. So check me out on Issa's project, Here Comes the Light. I am featured on the song Toxic Love. And I don't know if y'all know that I've been working on dropping the remix to Drop Top, or it's more so a different version of Drop Top, Lexi featuring Pleasure P, Drop Top. So I just gotta get the artist agreement signed and send that back over to CD Baby. Since I'm not yet considered a major artist and Pleasure P is considered a major artist, they're not gonna let me just release the song without showing the contract that, hey, I'm allowed to do this. I have his permission to do this. So yeah, gotta get that signed and then I'll be able to release that. Other than that, I'm going to be dropping more, more rap singles. I am working on an album. The album is basically done. Really just gotta select the songs I wanna have and then get them mixed and mastered. But the album is finished, baby, let me tell you. So really excited about that. I think I have like seven or eight songs with Maurice Beats and a few others I'm gonna see. I like, I wanna get Rainy Day on there. I wanna get labels paid for on there. Um, and there's a few other options. I probably wanna get a capo feature on there. But yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. It's just a lot of, a lot of good things, a lot of good things happening. And even though I've been really tired the past couple of weeks because I've been working so crazy and working crazy hours, I've been making some dope music with people, helping people to really develop their sound and just enjoying people's company in the studio. And it's really been a blessing. I've really been fortunate and I've been having a good time. And it hasn't been feeling like work when I'm in the studio with these people. So I'm really excited for that stuff. Uh, let's see, what else do I have coming up? I'll be posting on my Instagram more. I'm getting back active on my Twitter. So go to at this is Lexi on Twitter because I'm back to popping my ish and I'm back to posting on Instagram. Um, I still don't care about this shit. I really don't like Instagram. I love the tool of the platform that it is, but as far as it consuming my life, I'm not really into it for that. But I'm gonna get back on my content. I just had to take a little hiatus. I'll still be on here liking things and posting to my stories, but I wasn't posting for myself. And now I'm about to get about to get back into posting for myself. So that concludes the Lex check for this episode. Let's get into the topic after these messages. I was having a phone conversation with someone the other day and it, it kind of got a little bit of messy. I'm not even going to cap. It got a little bit messy, but it felt good to kind of be able to just let loose and gossip a little bit. And it's not even gossip. It's just observation and opinion of how things went and how things 
how we would have liked to see things play out. But because I myself felt like I'm like lower on the totem pole, lower on the hierarchy as far as the accolades compared to other people in the room, because I felt like I was lower rank, I didn't feel like I had enough say so in the room that I was in. So we were discussing how, you know, a lot of money had been spent on this artist in a way that, and I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but a lot of money had been spent on two things, two visuals, and how we just felt like the budget could have been allocated better and could have been stretched a lot more. And it's really like a testament to how, oh wow, suddenly a bunch of people just popped on. Hello. But it's really just um, a conversation about, you know, as an artist, even when you do sign on to join a label, does the label have a vision for you? If they don't have a vision for you, do you have a vision for yourself and how you want to progress? Benjamin Button says, hey, gorgeous. What's up, Benjamin Button? You know, this person got big budget, spend money on a smash, spend money on a song that's maybe not going to be as great. They honestly probably could have just pushed it to radio or club circuit right away. But, you know, me and this person were getting into a conversation and it's just like, yeah, we feel like the budget was not allocated properly. And now this artist is starting in the hole by a lot of money and there's been no follow-up record. There's been no other pushes outside of social media. I mean, and then we got into the illusion of social media. Apparently for every thousand likes on TikTok, that's like the equivalent of getting like 10 likes on Instagram. I don't know how true that is. I haven't researched it, but I thought it was a very interesting thing that this person brought up. But it brings into question, right? As an artist, do you kind of have things planned out for not even necessarily a timeline, right? Because I wouldn't want anyone to get too stressed out about how quickly or slowly things are moving. But as an artist, when you envision your progress through the industry, when you envision your progress as an artist with your craft, how are you thinking about your progress? Are you jumping from A to Z or are you allowing your mind to take you through the different stages and the different milestones that you might want to hit as an artist? So for me, before I really got heavy into the, um, before I really got heavy into like studio work, right? I was in school and I was thinking about, okay, part of my plan was to become an audio engineer because I know that recording expenses, it's one of the biggest expenses that an artist will incur is going into the recording studio. So I figured, you know, I already kind of know how to record. I've been using Audacity, which is a free uh, digital audio workstation on my laptop, my little built-in microphone. And if you tune into the Lex chat last week, then um, no, not last week, because last week was with Phil J of Phil Good Studio. If you tune into the Lex chat before that, I got into my backstory of how I started recording on my laptop that my dad gifted me one, Christ one Christmas. And I was recording music in his garage with my built-in laptop. 
my built-in microphone on this laptop on Audacity. Me and my cousin were pressing up CDs in the garage and I was selling the CDs to my classmates. This was back in seventh grade, back in middle school. But um, yeah, so I always knew like, okay, if I'm going to be an artist, I want something that's going to help me. Recording costs is a huge expense an artist takes on. So let me learn how to record myself so I can get rid of that cost. And also I would have access to recording studios. I would have access to other people seeing how they record, seeing how they write, seeing how they sing, how they rap, how they deliver, how they perform, all of that, and just taking it all in in the background. Be good enough in the background to be building my name behind the scenes, get people talking about me behind the scenes, and then people start wondering, because simultaneously I'll be working on my own stuff too, and get people wondering, who is Lexi? Who is this girl Lexi that we keep hearing about who's been producing and engineering these amazing projects, right? Universe... Oh, did you drop the music from your name? Universe Music. Universe says, when I was in my teens, all I thought about was getting signed in my research. You should put just as much work into building your brand as you do to your music. It's like the foundation. And I agree. I think too often new artists will come in and they think that it's going to be a jump from A to Z. So a being I have this talent, Z being I'm going to be a huge superstar, but they never think about the in-between. So back to the story that I was telling, I knew that recording was a large expense. So I thought, let me knock that out by learning how to engineer for myself, went to school for that. That gave me my connection to studios. That gave me my connection to writers, producers, other engineers, mixing engineers, mastering engineers and just a whole network of people aside from the people that I went to school with, right? So that's something that I thought would help me in my progress as an artist. And I went so far as to before I graduated college, like, okay, after college, I need to be in studios. I need to be interning. I need to be working on projects. I need to be writing with other people. Um, and I sat down and I said, okay, what am I going to do after that? I'm an artist, yes. All throughout school, I need to be recording songs, as many as I can. While I'm at these studios that I'm interning at, let me see about getting studio time to work on my own stuff. Make friends with producers to get beats so that we can create projects in school and be releasing as I go. And I created like an actual curriculum of different skill sets that I felt like I needed to work on as an artist and different things that I felt like I needed to just be mindful of. So. That includes interview skills, that includes dancing, that includes fitness, that includes vocal agility, that includes the kind of the kind of evolution I want to have for myself as an artist. And what I mean by that is image-wise, because that's how I initially thought of it. Image-wise, how am I going to go from what I know I am right here to what I want to be? And I would use the example of like Rihanna, right? She is a really good example of a an obvious evolution. Like obviously it took years, right? But she started out as Ponder Replay. She started out as this girl, this teenager from Barbados. She had uh, a different style because she's from Barbados and no one else in the US market sounded like her. Nobody looked like her. Nobody was coming with that kind of island flavor in the way that she was. And then we got into girl of the sun which was still barbados but getting more into the pop realm 
And then she went more from that um, dance hall vibe to the pop. And then we're getting into kind of the grunge. I think the whole Chris Brown situation really helped her push her image to something different too, right? The whole good girl gone bad. When her image shifted from that good girl, she cut the hair, she got more grungy, she got more dark, she got more sexual, more suggestive. And then it was just like this blossoming into the not so innocent Rihanna anymore, right? And then I think of artists like Kanye West, who I always have this example for people when I get into a conversation about Kanye West, to where there's a clear, for me, I did not appreciate, it took me to 808s and heartbreaks to appreciate Kanye's um, evolution as an artist, right? So we had like graduation and registration and those are like very different sounds, even from his earlier days when he was with like De La Soul and he was running with like Common and the Most Def and he had that kind of sound. Um, and then moving into, she says she wants a mom and gay, some Luther Vandross, a little Lolia, definitely said this party off right. But yeah, moving from that to, now put your hands up in the sky, I'm gonna get on this TV, mama, I'ma, I'ma push it down. And then we get to 808s and Heartbreak, which unfortunately that was like around the time of the passing of his mom. And it took a long time for me to like 808s and Heartbreak. But I had to realize like, okay, the only reason why it's taking me so long is because I'm not used to this sound from Kanye West. And I had to take a step back and understand that he was evolving as an artist. He was trying something new. He was experimenting. And I don't, I didn't listen to like Life of Pablo and whatever other album he had after that. But Donda would be another example of that shift where he's being more experimental and just evolving in his sound or at the most, like I said, experimenting with his sound. So I brought all of this up to say, for those who are tuning in, we're talking about the evolution of artists, right? So the conversation started from having a phone conversation with someone and a quarter of a million dollars was spent on two videos. One, which everyone knows is a hit, but there was no plan of a follow-up, a follow-up record, a follow-up video. The bulk of the budget, everything, every chip was thrown into basically this one video and it's leaving the artist in a hole. Whereas in the conversation we had, you can get a really decent, nice video for 10,000 in Atlanta probably for the quality they got for that. Yeah, you could have gotten $10,000. 10,000, we'll say, we'll say 20,000 would have gotten you that video. And then if you have like a $100,000 budget to work with, we're just throwing money at things, that's five videos, right? And then if you have that other 100,000, you could have spent it on things like features. So I got a feature from Pleasure P for a feature for, from Pleasure P goes from five to 10,000, depending on what you want him to do, right? That would have been a great investment. Um, a feature from Sayari to Kid goes from five to 10,000, and that's pretty affordable. Um, I think Mulatto is like 50,000 right now. I heard Cardi B is like 100,000, but basically jumping on songs with artists who are either up and coming or just above your level or 
You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, because I'm I I just had this revolu this revelation too. I got a feature with Pleasure P and I'm about to go get a feature with somebody else and the, the price is looking right. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I know that I want to evolve from this love struck, starry eyed kind of artist and eventually mature into a more grown and sexy kind of look. So, and I'm gonna get back to the features in a little bit. Um, let me read some of y'all's comments. Universe said, I love that Rihanna rated our album, Hugh Steph, on the vocals. <laughs> Thank you. Universe says, Kanye switch it up every album. It would, yeah, he does. Um, Hugh Steph says, Lex, we might need to switch up our profession. Imagine 10K for what we do. Yeah, but uh, they got to invest in a lot more expensive equipment than we do for that film stuff. A red camera by itself costs like $80,000. That's a new house. That's a new car. That's a couple properties. <laughs> you know, our stuff is probably like we could probably buy everything for ten thousand and be okay for five thousand, really. But um, so in thinking about this artist and like she's kind of starting in the hole, and we don't even know if she's gonna pop, right? Um, you kind of have to have a timeline set up, and I'm gonna go back to this whole curriculum that I made up for myself where. I knew that I needed to work on interview skills, dance skills, vocal agility, physical fitness, and presentation as far as keeping myself up as a woman, what I wear, how I wear my hair, how I do my makeup. Um, and then I thought about like the evolution I wanted to take as an artist. And I would look at people like Ariana or Beyonce or Aaliyah, and I'm, I molded... Or I had in my head an idea of how I wanted to evolve based off of their evolutions. And for me, it started out as, you know, love struck, starry eyed. But then things take a wrong turn, as it does with most people. Relationship goes sour and it changes you into a different person. That's the evolution that I wanted to have. And I told myself that I could evolve in a way that Rihanna did within three to four albums. But honestly, this second album is looking real different, y'all. I'm not even going, I ain't even going to hold you. My first album is pure R&B. Second album. So the way that I ended my first album, we're going pure R&B, but then we're kind of getting into, how do I say it? The album ends with the song Fuck Shit, right? Which is kind of like melodic, rappy. It's a lot more ratchet, a lot more cursing. It's a lot more savage, if you will. And the way that I left that album, it then allows me to be able to open up the next project to something a little more risky to where the audience can know from listening to that first album, I'm not the girl who was so love struck anymore. They'll be able to tell I've been through some things. They'll be able to hear the stories because I'm telling the stories differently and the production is different. The delivery is different. And honestly, y'all, I'm really excited about this next album. I was just talking to Black about it and we just did like a mini listening session for like two hours on the phone. But uh, yeah, I just wonder, you know, when newer artists are coming out, are they even worried about like an evolution? And I guess the conversation should really switch to 
can artists plan out their evolution? Because things are moving so quickly in this climate and people can rele- can release music a lot more quicker than they did back in the day, so to speak. So is it possible for artists to have a clear cut evolution? And it doesn't necessarily have to be so clear cut, but do artists even care about an evolution? Because, you know, we have so much accessibility to people's lives and people's thoughts and people's habits. But is anyone really paying attention to the personal development of people? Or are we all just on here doing things for the likes, for the clout, for the attention? The universe says, sometimes life has its own plans for you. Uh, if you could expand on that, because I'm not sure what you're commenting on when you say that. But um, let me try to get my thoughts together on what I meant by that. So we have all of this access, right? And we have insight into people's worlds. But it makes me wonder, right? Because everything is so on display, is there the opportunity to show growth or you know what I'm trying to say like I wish I had a better way of phrasing it but we didn't know so much about people and people weren't sharing so heavily like they do now everyone is kind of like their own mini celebrity and who was I having this conversation with with Solo last night and he said what I thought was really interesting everyone is like their own celebrity right now with this social media stuff. We all have our own little followings, people who are looking at us and watching what we're doing and commenting and engaging with what we're doing. And so it takes away the mystery. It takes away the weight. It takes away the anticipation of a lot of things by having so much access and by everyone posting everything so regularly all the time. Hugh Steph says, there's a don't fix what ain't broke policy. I need you to expand on that as well. I'm not sure what you mean. Um, But for me, it's just like, you know, I think about these things a lot. You see people blow up and you see people pop and it just seems like they came out of nowhere. And for me, I listen to the music and I don't I really don't get impressed. And you listen to the music they keep coming out with and it's like usually the same thing. Is that a case of them working with the same people? Or is that, like Hugh Steph said, don't fix what ain't broke. If it keeps working, why do we need to evolve past this thing? If people are going to continue to buy it, why do we need to worry about evolving? I think the problem these days, too, if I'm thinking about it, and this is just off the top of my head, I ain't writing no notes down, y'all. You know how we get down for this Lex chat. But I'm wondering, you know, is it really just all about the money? That's what Houston, yeah, Houston says that's exactly what I was saying. So Universe comes back and says, so people make their own plans for success or development of their craft, but life experiences can totally change your course, like the 808s example, like Meg. I guess the better thing I guess maybe it's not artist evolution. Maybe it is, in my opinion, an inability to communicate 
life events, an inability to timestamp where an artist is in their journey. And maybe that's what I'm getting at um, as I talk about having too much access to people. There's no anticipation. There's no mystery. There's no holding back, withdrawing of information, right? Because everything is so easily accessible. So does it give people really the opportunity to appreciate a full body of work that specifically is talking about something that happened in this person's life to where you can compare these bodies of work to other things. You know what I mean? Like I'm a firm believer that our music should serve as a timeline. It should serve as a timestamp for the things we go through in our life. And when you think of certain songs, it should be able to take you back to a certain time. That's my, that's my belief. Um, but it seemed like, and with the artist, with the example of the artist I was using earlier, it seems like, you know, you got the budget, but it's being squandered. Like where, where is the planning? I guess is what I'm asking. Are people planning anymore? Hugh Steph says, let's be real. Artists are smarter than they were 30 years ago. A lot realize they don't have longevity or realize how shitty this industry is. So it's easy for the talent to come in and make money. Mm. I would have to agree. I would have to agree and disagree. So I agree with you on the point of those artists being smarter in general, because there there's way too much information. There's too much, too much technology for people to not be able to go out and research on their own, how to be able to do certain things. And like Prince says, the labels are not going to be needed because you can get on CD Baby, TuneCore, DistroKid, United Masters, and distribute your own project. Whereas before you used to have to go through certain channels like a record company or distribution companies to get your stuff placed on all these platforms. But there are so many independent platforms, independent from the labels, that you don't need to go through the labels. And so I think, yes, artists are smarter in that way and they have more direct control over their content. But there's also people who be dumb and the ones who are maybe, maybe it's not dumb, that's mean. Maybe they're just lazy because they think, like I said earlier in the conversation, it's just gonna go from A to Z. I got talent, I'm gonna put out some songs and then I'm gonna blow up. So that's where I would disagree where but, you know, there's, there's always two sides to every coin. So in general, I agree with you. People are smarter and they realize that they have more options and they can do things on their own terms because of the advancements in technology and because of how accessible everything is. Hugh Steph says it's the creative, the quote unquote creative, who can evolve past the industry standards. Universe says, I don't feel like the industry plans for longevity. I think right now the industry does not plan for longevity, which is really interesting to me. So this brings up like a bigger conversation, right? Like longevity would mean money, right? It would mean longer. It would mean greater returns over a longer time period from an artist versus just investing into like this popcorn culture of artistry, right? Where is that going? Let me put my hands back. 
into a decent place on my body all right um <laughs> that sounded really dirty but yeah um i don't feel like the industry plans for longevity and i would have to i would have to agree with y'all on that why fix what ain't broke and who needs longevity when this is what's making money right now so if we're focusing on what's making money right now then why do we need to worry about an evolution why do we need to worry about the growth factor why do we need to worry about showing how someone has grown or how their thinking has changed from one era of their life to the next and i saw you brought up meg and i'm gonna assume megan the stallion what frustrates me about her is when she came out yeah she was for me i wouldn't call it a breath of fresh air i would just say that it was exciting to have a new female rapper on the scene because for so long it was only Nicki minaj so she was exciting because she was a new female rap voice in the industry and her flow was different and she from texas she naturally thick and she seems very like unapologetic for who she is right but what irritates me about megan the stallion is and a lot of other people from the comments that i see online we're tired of hearing the same thought music every other month like Ooh, and I wish I had her discography pulled up, but it's it's basically thought music. Like you got WAP coming out, you got hands on my knees shaking, some of that, hands on my knees shaking, some of that, and then you got um. I actually like that Bitch song, cause that's what you gonna call me when you're in it anyway. What was that one? Ain't nobody ain't like me. Uh, 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 like me what was that first song she can i don't even know i couldn't even tell y'all honestly but her music was dope when it first came out but it's like she's becoming a one-trick pony as a lot of people would say in the comment sections that i read on uh youtube gossip sites and videos um Hugh says right they know there's a thousand there's thousands of meg the stallions Lil Uzi, etc. They know people will do bad deals for quick money. Universe says, I feel like they do artists just like jobs do. Instead of wanting to keep an employee and increasing their salary, they would rather just hire someone new at minimum wage. I'm not gonna lie, that pian that Meg piano be rocking. I don't even think I listen to that. But yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point big old freak yeah that's what it is i couldn't think of it thank you big old freak i'm gonna make a way for the uh, i don't know something like that but yeah um with her her music is just it all sounds the same to me at this point i know meg piano is different but eh. but both of y'all have some very great points um hugh steph with the they know there are thousands of others like this artist but are there really? And then the comparison, the analogy of labels treating artists like these regular traditional jobs where the artists are being treated as expendable, as Hugh Steph just said. So artists are expendable to these labels. And that's really unfortunate. The Real Eye says, I liked her first single, Big Old Freak. I did too. My point with that is that she makes the same kind of music. And what's frustrating when it for me when it comes to Megan Thee Stallion is we've seen that she's gone through a lot in life. So why are we not hearing about those events in the music? Like, and maybe she has talked about it. I wouldn't be able to say, what's up, Greg Keys? 
I wouldn't be able to say because I have not bought a Meg Thee Stallion album. I have not listened to her album all the way through. Yeah. So I wouldn't know if she's had any deeper deeper thoughts other than what it the other than what the mainstream is giving us other than what her label keeps pushing in front of us which is the wops and the hands on my knees shaking ass on my thought shit you know what i'm saying um and the lick with shinsia more recently which is like the wop remix featuring shinsia um so i think it's frustrating like we we've seen that you lost your grandmother you lost your did she lose her dad lost her mom like she lost her family right and then the whole Tory Lane situation, it's just people see certain things happening in your life. And are people satisfied with seeing it through the lens of social media? Or like, like you know, do people care about hearing about it in the music anymore? Because the music is supposed to be a form of expression. But if you're not expressing and putting into words what you've been through, then... How am I supposed to keep connecting to you as an artist? I can't be on my thought shit all my life. I go through so much more than just partying and drinking all the time. Hugh says she's under contract to continue spitting out the same old thought-ish. I'm sure when she becomes independent and has more creative control, the content will change. Yeah. And that's the other unfortunate part of getting into contracts with labels who have control over your creativity and they they own your image they get to tell you what to wear how to act how to speak what kind of music you're going to put out who you're going to work with and uh yeah wait universe why are we laughing why are we laughing did i say something crazy but yeah like <sighs> And you know what? It's the same thing with Saweetie, now that I think about it. Saweetie, she's very pretty, very beautiful. Oh, you laughing because Steph C had all these damn typos. Luckily, I saw the corrections as I was reading the initial thing that you put on there. But yeah, that that speech was a little difficult, huh, boo-boo? Okay. Hugh Steph said, chill, verse. I need to upgrade my phone. I don't know what it is with iPhone, but the predictive text sucks on these things. Um, but yeah, going back to Sweetie, right? The thing that was exciting about Sweetie is the fact that she's so pretty and she got a little swag to her. It's like a pretty girl doing trap music, right? There's like this whole obsession with pretty light-skinned girls doing trap music. Oh no, Universe was laughing at me saying that I can't be on my thigh-ish forever. Thank you for laughing at that. I thought it was pretty funny too. <laughs> But yeah, um, with Saweetie, it's like she came out. It was exciting because she's really pretty. She's light skinned. She's doing like trap ish type music. But people are starting to notice like, is that all you have to offer? The raps have not evolved. The performance is not as far along as it could be. So with these examples, you know, where are we with artist evolution? These people certainly have the coins to do better they have the coins to hire the people to train them to hire the people to produce them to be in different lanes so we're not sounding the same all the time but to Hugh Steph's point these artists are also under contract when they sign with these major labels and 
that is a form of signing your soul away. People don't realize there there are many different ways to sell your soul. And it doesn't always have to be a, a, a cost of money. It's a cost of your image. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up that is going to take you closer to what you say you want? You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people, what they don't realize is when you sign with these labels and labels are lazy, like Universe and Hugh Steph, y'all made some amazing points and things that, you know, I mean, this is, these are the kind of conversations we have anyway, for, but for the regular people who are not in the music industry, labels are more so looking for a certain mold that they can continue to fill and copy. So how many more of the same kind of people can I get who are going to spit out the same kind of music? We can recycle this image, like the image that's going on right now, right? Speaking of Saweetie, it's the light-skinned girls. They're mixed. They're racially ambiguous. Everyone's wearing weaves. Everyone's wearing wigs. Everyone has the exaggerated ass baby hairs. Everybody has the BBL. Everybody has had the waist snatched. Everybody's had breast implants. Everyone's had lip fillers. Everyone's just looking the same. And what newer artists don't realize is when you sign to these labels, in exchange for them making you the big name, the famous person that you want to be, you basically have to sign away your image. Not basically. You have to sign away your image and any rights, any control that you may have had over your own image, even over your own name. You don't even own your name a lot of the time. Ask Tina Turner. Ask Prince. Ask. I want to say Tina Marie would be another example as well where you just can't do certain things. Um, oh, ask Nick Cannon with Wild and Out. Ask Wendy Williams. I heard they don't even own, you know, the rights to their name because it's tied to their show, but they don't own their show. The network owns their show. So they can keep the same concept going with a different face. Same thing in the music industry, right? Universe says Meg just dropped a new song with her. Wait, Saweetie just dropped a new song or Meg just dropped a new song? I don't know. Uh, it's a different sound, kind of the same content though. Hugh Steph says, what's the difference with Cardi versus Megan? Because from the looks of things, Cardi has a better deal. From the looks of things, Cardi looks like she does have a better deal. She seems to be smarter. Although I don't know, I would have to, I would have to research that. But I, I think Megan is signed to what? Three different labels or three different management or promotion companies. 1501, 300, and then um, Rockefeller with Jay-Z, right? All right, Hugh says, truth. Oh, Saweetie just dropped something new, but with the same old content. Hugh Steph says, truth. An artist I worked with turned a deal down because they were trying to sexualize her image. Yes. And I honestly feel like that's kind of what, I feel like that's what happened with Lil Nas X as well. Old Town Road was great. It was a great moment. It was a great time in music history. Uh, and then he just went super gay with it. I feel like he was, and this might sound kind of weird, but I feel like during the Old Time Road era of Lil Nas X's career, he was like comfortable gay, if that makes sense. Whereas now that song got him a lot of attention and record deals he probably signed 
and his image is overly sexualized, like super gay. You know what I'm saying? Well, that was a big stretch, kitty cat. His image is super gay. Sorry if that offends anyone, but that's that's my opinion on this Lex chat. Um, there's something that happens when people are signing with these labels and getting into these deals. It's not an evolution anymore. It's fitting a mold. It's being willing to carry out these scandals that create the most shock factors, right? And it's becoming who can do the most outrageous thing. And everything is becoming desensitized because everyone's doing crazy things. Everyone's showing ass. Everyone's dropping sex tapes. Everyone's exposing their peeing all over the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone, excuse me, everyone is getting fillers and injections and BBLs and all these kinds of things. Everyone's talking about the same thing in the music. The images are getting more and more increasingly sexualized and demonic and dominatrix. And it's just, it's a lot. So I think Universe and Hugh Steph made excellent points. These labels, they're not in the business of creating longevity. What's up, Avalon? Um, they're not in the business of developing artists anymore. They are more interested in what's going to turn a quick profit, what is fitting the image for right now, what is fitting the trend, who is willing to put up with the antics that the label wants them to perform, and how long will they be okay with being a pony, with being a circus, you know what I'm saying? How long will they be comfortable doing those things before the, the, before the label has to go find someone else to fill that mold. Hugh Steph says, but how much of that is he doing? I mean, I do believe his label knows they can capitalize off the controversy. How much of that is his doing? And that's, you know, I don't know a lot about Nas X. I've heard that he has always been a troll. But I think... And I had this conversation with someone a long time ago when the Montero video came out. In the case of Lil Nas X, I think that he would believe that he is opening up the doors for gay boys everywhere who want to be openly gay in the industry. In my opinion, I feel like the industry took that belief from him, but they're using him to to promote a much more sinister image and a much more sinister mindset. So in my opinion, Lil Nas X probably believes that he's showing people they can be who they are. Whereas the industry is showing people that they can do what they want, no matter how crazy, no matter how risky, you know? And they're using the, the plot of be free, be who you are, but they're still like low standards. You know what I mean? It's still overly sexualized. Like, eh. So yeah, I absolutely agree that they're capitalizing off of the controversy. And I think they're using Lil Nas X to push an agenda. So yeah, yeah, that's that's um a more clear thing of a more clear way of what I'm trying to say. Lil Nas X would believe that he is encouraging people to be themselves. Whereas the industry would be using his belief 
to push an agenda. That's what I mean by that. So even with him, uh, in my opinion, the music, I like Lil Nas X's music. I really do. It's the antics and it's the imagery behind his stuff. Well, Montero bothered me. I can't say the industry baby music video. I actually really enjoyed that. And that felt like something that he would have probably already done anyway. But uh, that's another conversation on how the look in Lil Nas X's eyes have changed from Old Town Road to Montero to Industry Baby. That's just me. We could talk about conspiracies on another Lex chat and let me know if that's something y'all would be interested in. But um, yeah, we're going to end this Lex chat for the general public and continue the conversation for the Patreon and for those who are joining live. But let me know what you think about this whole conversation on artist evolution. Do you believe that the evolution of an artist is important, is as important these days as it was 10 to 15 years ago? Do you feel like we get to see a clear evolution of artists? Or do you feel like anyone can drop whatever they want whenever and it doesn't necessarily matter about the evolution or necessarily the substance that they're dropping? Let me know in the comment section down below. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you like this video, give me a big thumbs up hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell to let so that you will know each and every time I post new content. If you are not yet a patron, please go to patreon.com slash LexiATL to become a patron of mine. For as little as $5 a month, you will get to join in on the live conversations. You will get the extended uncut Lex chats that we do weekly, which is an extra 20 to 30 minutes of content that the general public will not see. And you will also get access to content that the public just won't see. Like, And like I have some pictures that I did months ago, right? Patreon has known about it. Instagram is just now finding out about it. With these rain room pictures that I took, y'all know the ones. I'm going to post them on my page soon. But the Patreon has already had an opportunity to look at these photos, tell me what they think, and then select the photos that they want for a poster to hang up at their house on their wall. So, you know what I'm saying? Um... If that sounds like something you'll be interested in being a part of, and it also helps me like by supporting me, for as little as $5 a month, you can get all those benefits on my Patreon at patreon.com slash LexiATL. All of those links in the description down below. Thank you so much for joining me on this Lex chat today. Until next time, peace.